Test, test. We're good? How many of you forgot about second winter? No? (laughs) Ah, come on. You gotta, gotta love the dad jokes. Well, welcome to our service on this wonderful wintry day. It's a beautiful winter day for December. I will even give it to January and think, wow, what a great January morning it is. It's single digits, maybe double digits by now. I haven't checked lately. Got a nice fresh snow. Moisture is going to just soak in, create wonderful greenery and flowers and cactuses are going to bloom. And nobody cares because it's not January. It's March. Uh, Yeah. Well, I had fun driving a bus through... uh, uh, I would guess it was a blizzard. They closed interstate on me, so that was nice. But thankfully, they opened it up, and I got home. And I'm glad to be here today because there was a backup plan. Thank you all for stepping up, knowing I may or may not get it back. But we're glad to be here. I have a word from God for you today, and I hope that you're inspired and encouraged. But let's stand, if you're able, and let's give thanks to God as we open in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the moisture. I know it comes in in a way that many are kind of discouraged about, but it's wonderful moisture for this barren land, and we need it for the soil. And the ranchers and the farmers, even though they're probably not happy about their roads being blocked, uh, they're they're glad for the moisture, and we are also glad. And I thank you, Lord, for your goodness, because no matter how cold it is and how blizzardy it can be, your sun always shines in our heart, and we're thankful for that, that joy and that gladness that you bring. We're thankful for the peace which we have that passes all understanding. Even when things are difficult, we know that you are reigning over all things. And uh, we just thank you for safe travels for any who are on the roads and just pray for protection. Many in the ditches the last couple days, we pray that, uh, that you are just with those who are traveling. We give you thanks for this day that we can rejoice in you and sing songs with thanksgiving in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. And join us as we sing some songs of praise. Change me, darkness held me down, but Jesus pulled me out. I'm no longer bound. I'm so glad He saved me. See, now I'm new. Blind, 
and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. in the Bible that talked about the bones coming to life. They're all coming together and making a bunch of clicking noises. And then there's like flesh that comes onto the bones and then they get up and they walk around a large army. Now, let's be honest. Wouldn't that just freak you out? I mean, it's like, what happened? These dead bones are fleshy. I, I don't know. What, what was that? I don't know. But God can do anything he wants to do. Amen. He's a God of miracles. He's a God that can do the most amazing, supernatural thing. He's able to take care of you. Amen. If he can put flesh on dead bones, dry up dead bones, 
and make an army come alive. I think he can use you. I'm pretty sure. And I believe that as we just let that resonate in our hearts, uh, we can also give thanks that we can see those economies become stretched and difficult, but God can take your offering and exponentially increase it. If he can take five loaves and two fish and feed 500 men, not, or 5,000 men, I'm sorry, not including the women and children, that's average or tendency to be over 10,000 people, I think he can take your offering and make it have a tr- huge, tremendous impact, amen, for the kingdom of God. Uh, we're going to take time, obviously, as that lead-in came, to uh, pray over our offering and the, and the opportunity it is to give and to see God take it and do miracles. Amen. Lord, we're thankful that we can give. We're thankful that we can honor you with our tithes, which is something that you always required of those who followed you from the very earliest stages of the Hebrew nation. And we know that we are now living in this age of grace, this time where you fulfilled the law in so many ways, but the principle of your truth still stands. And we understand that tithing is something that we shouldn't consider as optional. It's not something that we can choose to do if we also follow you. It's something that we are held in a position of responsibility to do. And I thank you for that. I thank you that, Lord, you allow us and me to consider that 90% of what I make, I can use for whatever I feel led to do. But the 10% shouldn't be considered optional. But what a blessing it is to give it. And Lord, I know many have experienced this. I know I have. We can give above and beyond the tithe. I know people that live on 10% and give 90. Because they can. And you have blessed exponentially in so many ways through their faithfulness. Lord, whatever it is that each one has chosen to do today, may it be a blessing to you. May it be a blessing to each giver that we can go above and beyond what you've called and asked of us to see the miraculous take place, to see the ministries exponentially increase as more and more people come to faith, as our children's ministry grows, as our church plant, New Life Dinner, becomes even more vibrant than it already has become, as we see the fellowship of the people here today spread into the neighborhoods of which they live. Lord, we are thankful for the privilege it is to give. May it go to the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're welcome to give online, here in person, however you feel led. God bless you as we continue to worship together.
Knowing this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake, you died. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, Jesus Christ, my King. 
What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. Silence the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is is the glory yours is the name above all names what a powerful name it is what a powerful name it is the name of Jesus Christ my King what a powerful name it is nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is the name of what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So interesting to think of the name of Jesus being uh, beautiful when it was one of the most common names of its time. It was as common in that day as the, the name Tom or John is today in our culture. It had special meaning, of course, significantly for those that were looking to the Messiah to come. Certainly a wonderful name, and yet there's nothing specifically wonderful about it because of its commonality. And then powerful, too. It's like, how is it that this name has come to mean so much? Well, the answer is quite simple. In so many different ways, God, who humbled himself, also took a name that had no significance to it other than that its meaning was very special with the Savior. But today, because he is the one who is God, who became flesh, who lived sinlessly, died, and rose again. It's through that name that everyone can find salvation. It's through the name of Jesus Christ that we come to the Father to have a relationship with the living God that begins now and goes on into eternity. It's through the name of Jesus that every tongue will confess he is Lord. Have you confessed him as your Lord today? Or are we just singing a song 
Is he the master of your soul? Is he the one that guides your path, even when it doesn't make sense to you? If he is, then you will know and you will understand a depth of who God is. And as we pray together, you know that you can pray with faith, believing anything's possible. Lord, thank you for receiving our praise today. We are undeserving to even give praise. We are flawed in so many ways. Anything that's in me that is good, it's from you. (laughs) I mean, I, I realize you made me with a special purpose. You gave me this personality. You gave me this body. You gave me all of which I am. And yet, without you, I am nothing. It's you that makes me something. And that's the truth for all of humanity. You are the one that makes us more than we are. And that was the intention. That was the goal. That was the purpose of all creation. That we could be in you and you in us. And Lord, as we honor and worship you today, as we give our hearts once again to you and say, make me, mold me, use me, fill me, we also have needs that we are unable to fix. We have, we have concerns that cause us anxieties. And so, Lord, we give them to you today. Whatever that prayer is for each one that's praying right now, whether it's a physical touch, whether it's a spiritual need, whether it's a financial burden, whatever it is, Lord, it's yours. It's yours to carry as we trust in you. Thank you for taking our burden Thank you for lifting our spirit, giving us hope, giving us the joy and the peace which we all need to live each and every day. As we honor you in song, may we also honor you with all action and all word. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for hearing the prayers of your people. And thank you for what you're about to do in the midst of of this place, in our homes, in our community. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you as you're seated. We'll get moving on in just a few moments. I'm going to share a few announcements and then we'll dismiss the kids. All right, good morning, everyone. I am up here because I am so excited. Um, You will not believe what's going to be happening in just a couple of months. Let's see, it's March 12th, about two and a half months, not quite. 
going to be Vacation Bible School, and I am so excited. We're going to do Pets Unleashed this year. Um, it's going to be Friday evening, Saturday morning, and then about 20 minutes on Sunday. And the reason I'm up here is I think some people think that, oh, that's just for people who want to work with kids. That's not for me. Well, I tell you what, we need everyone. We need prayer partners who can be praying for the workers, for the kids who are going to show up. We need people who are willing to maybe just say, you know, I don't want to work with the kids, but I would love to help you with your advertising. I'll go hang up posters. I'll get a hold of YNOP and get it on KGLE. I'll get it on the radio. If there's somebody who has that ability, we'd love to have you be a part of our team. Um, What we would really look forward to this year is one of the things that's really hard for those of us who do VBS is by the time we're done with it, we're exhausted. We'd really love to maybe have a couple of people who would be willing to take down decorations, fold them up, put them in a tote that we'd have for you. So um, those of us who have been pouring over it for several months, uh, can can have some relief. So I just encourage all of you to think about what you can do for us for Vacation Bible School, uh, whether it's just praying and praying for the kids, praying for the workers, um, etc., um, or if it's, hey, yeah, I can be behind the scenes. I can do something to, to help the church with this. Um, that would be wonderful. We'd so appreciate it. So this is what it's going to be, Pets Unleashed, And it is June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Thanks. Am I muted or something? Hey, there I am. You know, wouldn't it be really fun if everybody that had a pet, you come to the church, and then we let them loose? Wouldn't that be cool? Other than all the tickets we'd get, what is the fine now? It's like 250 bucks or something? I don't know. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> but I was just thinking, Pets Unleashed. There's got to be a really cool way to advertise that where we get a lot of buzz. And you know how Glendive community can talk, right? Anybody got some really good ideas how we can get a buzz? We don't want like the total negative, but wouldn't it be funny if everybody thought we were coming here to let our pets run around? <laughs> We might get, like, double the size of kids coming. Yeah, they're awesome. Well, not like the kids are bigger. Wow. Tough crowd today. You're still all sad about winter, too, winter number two. <clears throat> well, it'll melt. Don't worry. It is spring. Kinda. So, not yet. Not officially, right? Is it March 20th? Is that when spring actually starts? 20th, 21st, something like that. So, we, hey, quit whining. It's still winter. Come on. All right, we're going to go ahead and dismiss the kids to go to kids' church. Thank you so much, Elise, for taking those kiddos. And looks like you got an awesome helper that's going with you as well. In case you're wondering, this final announcements as they're going, we do have some chairs that are being looked into for the sanctuary if we're able to get the funds. We have some sample chairs that will be shipped so we can actually look at them in person 
And uh, so that's kind of fun and exciting. Uh, coffee tumblers, we have a few, few left. <clears throat> I believe what you see on the table is all that there is. So if you want to buy one of those for 20 bucks, you're welcome to do that. And uh, other, other details, you have them there for us. And thank you, MJ, for sharing the VBS stuff. Uh, we want to take a few moments to do our routine uh, discussion of the week. And I'm trying to decide, should I do this fun activity illustration first? And I think I'm going to, because I don't want you to all group up just yet. So we're going to do an illustration, and I need two volunteers from each side of the sanctuary. So who wants to be my two volunteers on each side? Okay, we got one here. Come on up. Anyone else? We got to have two on this side, and we need two on this side. Well, there's our second on this side. They got left, left side team uh, is, is covered. There we got a volunteer. I think we have two here. All right. Now you decide between the two of you who wants to be first and second. Okay, you guys discuss it. Who wants to be number one, number two? Have you decided? Okay, you're number one. Okay, you're the, you're the second person. All right, you get to go all the way to the back, and you get to wait in the corner because the one who's sitting in the corner has something he's going to tell you. Listen carefully, and do you have your number one and two? Okay, so I'm going to give you both your jobs to do. Number two person, you get a pencil and a piece of paper. You are going to write down what the person in your corner tells you. Okay, and you get to write down word for word what, they, what he says to you, okay? You got it? All right, this is fun. And here is what is going to be shared beginning up front. You have to read this whisper into her ear to whoever, well, this is our front person here, and then that has to be passed to the next person and the next and the next, all the way through this side and whoever gets closest to the original words wins. Okay, any questions? Whisper into the ear of whoever starts it, and your job is done. All right, but I want the piece of paper back. Actually, I don't even have a cool prize. You're just going to have props. No, you, you, get to be, uh, you, you get to be like, hey, we won. We're best. We're number one. You have to whisper it so the next person can't hear. I should have had some cool music going. You can tell them again, get it started right, and do your best. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow, because of the number one language challenge, okay, okay. You, can, you can go on to the next person, but I still want you to tell me what she said. <laughs> you, you don't get out of it completely, Hilda. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Got to keep passing it along. Uh, your job is done. I want the paper back. Okay, and we're going to see how close to accurate you are. Thank you, my helpers up front. Lou and Beth, you did awesome, I hope. 
We're going to see how well you do. I will... You get bonus points if you can answer the question correctly. I feel bad for the people online. You can whisper it. Can you whisper online? Or, or can I whisper in here? I, can I be muted for out here and then I can whisper it to them? Well, that, they're, they're at least going to know the question in that then. Okay. Nope, I'm still there. <laughs> I want to mute the sanctuary and keep the online. I know Brian knows how to do that. Nope, we're, we're still live. That's okay. We got time. He's going to have to go upstairs. <laughs> I think he's coming up. <laughs> if if someone's wearing a hearing aid, speak in their good ear. All right. Are we we're still here? Are we still online? We're still on. Are we muted here? We're not mute. I want to mute this. So what's your team name? Whoa, that's loud. Do you guys have a team name? You can think of a good team name if you want. <laughs> Left? Stage right? This is still really, really loud in the sanctuary. I don't think you want me to preach this loud. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, you'll definitely stay awake. All right, we're getting a little better. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> I think they're almost done on this side. Left, right, which is the opposite of me. Because this is my right, this is my left. But your right, your left, my right. But whatever. That's a really boring name. You've got to come up with a better name. What's a good name for your team? <laughs> the right-left side. How about that? All right, we're getting it written down. We're going to see who's closest to the original. 
Come on, you two. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I won't grade on your spelling. Okay, here it is. It's being turned in. So exciting. Thank you so much for your help today. And your team name is what? Don't worry about it. Okay, this side's team, my left, your right, my right, your left. Here's the, here's the answers. We'll go with this side first since they just turned it in. How far can a one-eyed frog with a cracked tail run Run. I don't know what that word is. Through the forest. Okay. How far can a one eyed frog with a cracked tail run through the forest? Not bad. This is what this team had over here. How far can a red dog run? I'm going to have to give the props to this side. You guys got the closest. Good job. Very, very close. If you couldn't hear online, which you couldn't, I'll read it for you. How far can a red, one-eyed dog with a cropped tail run into the woods? You guys did pretty good, so I'm, I'm proud of you. So how many know the answer to the question? What is the answer? How far, I can shorten it if you want, how far can a frog, no, we'll go with dog, how far can a dog run into the woods? Nope. While you're getting into your groups, I'll give you the answer after you get in your groups. All right, groups of four preferred, no more than six. And if you've been with a certain people a few times, it's time to mix it up. Find a new friend, new group if you can. Move around, find yourself a group real quickly, and we're going to get our question going soon. I will answer the riddle. Those online probably looked it up. They cheated. They used their phone. Shame on you. Quit using the internet. You know who you are. All right, let's get our groups. We're almost there. Good job, good job. I see it happening. It's looking pretty good. All right, four or five is a great number. All right, that's good. Okay, how many want to know the answer? The answer is halfway. Once you make it halfway, you're running out of the woods. There you go. That's the riddle of the day. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Last week, I preached a message, and I challenged all of us to desire to know God's will and pray for His guidance. I want you to read Romans 12, 1 and 2. And discuss the questions. We'll start the timer in just a moment. And here's the questions. Go ahead, put it up. We'll get it started. How were you able to apply the message, God's will, to your week? And also at the end of that discussion, take some time to pray for each other, okay?
You've got the timer and the questions. Those online can now see the questions as well. Thank you, team, up there in the sound booth area for doing that. Okay.
if you can have time to pray together, I know this, the discussion is really good if you don't, but if you, if you can, take some time to pray. We've got three and a half minutes left, if, if you have time. Thank you. All right, time has expired. If you're going to close in prayer, that's fine. But uh, we want to get moving on with our service as soon as everyone's ready.
Well, thank you, everyone, for having the opportunity and coming to be able to fellowship together to talk about your week. I think it's really important that as we grow in our faith and as we learn as disciples, we are able to then make disciples as well. I believe that that is a very important aspect of what is missing in the church is disciples making disciples. This is, a, this is an opportunity for you, for you to share in a very safe environment. It's non-threatening. It's, it's people you know oftentimes. Sometimes it's maybe someone you just met. But ultimately, it's an opportunity for you to practice sharing what God has done for you this week. And then later, as we prepare for our new week, which is starting today, uh, we can pray for each other on how we can successfully apply God's word. And I, and I hope that you are becoming more practiced in this because it needs to become natural for us to share our faith with others. And uh, thank you for participating in this today. The, uh, the, the message for today is called Effective Testimony. And our game was just for fun to share how, you know, you get on that rumor, that gossip mill, it's going to destroy and, and pervert what was originally said, and of course, it's just a fun game. And telephone, I think, is what we used to call it. Uh, it's a whisper game, I guess you could say. But ultimately, you guys did pretty good. I was impressed. That You're way better than those teenagers ever are. Am I right? Teenagers usually botch it so bad you can't even recognize anything. Now, any teenagers listening in or those who are present... I apologize if that offends you. You can always prove us wrong in the next opportunity that you play the game. You can do better. So there you go. Colossians chapter 4 is our text. And it's important that we learn something about how we are effective in our sharing of faith. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 is where we'll start. It says here, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door that the, for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. So you have the writer of Colossians who is actually asking for prayer that his testimony will be effective. I think that's a really important thing to point out. It's not just the readers of Colossians that need to hear the truth of how we must be effective, but even the writer himself, you know, the Apostle Paul, is saying, pray for me that my testimony is effective. Pray for us for the door. Uh, let me back up to verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, an account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Another translation may say, uh, making the most of your opportunity. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that comes from your word. Even the Apostle Paul, as he prepared to share the gospel with others, needed prayer. He needed to be intentional with the way that he approached people. He needed to have wisdom in, in approaching the outsider, those who were not of the faith. He needed to have an extra covering of your anointing, just as we all do yet today. We want to be effective as we share our faith with others, Lord. We need your help. 
but we also must also be disciplined, that we can learn from what is being said here and apply your word of truth to our lives so that we can effectively share the love that you have with all people. We ask this blessing and anointing to be upon us. Be with me, Lord, to help me speak your words. In Jesus' name, amen. As we become acquainted with the idea of sharing together around God's word, it is critically important that we also grow in sharing our story. It's one thing to discuss what the word of God says about the gospel, about salvation and his love. It is quite another to personalize what God has done for you through the gospel of salvation. I want to put a special emphasis on this. People may want to argue you, argue with you, about the validity or the truthfulness of the gospel, of the word of God. There are some that will argue. There will some that want to debate. But here's something that's really cool. When you share a personal story of what God did for you, they tend not to argue. They tend to listen. The wall of defense is dropped because now you're telling your story and they cannot oppose it. They cannot stand against it because it's your story. And so if you are becoming more acquainted with talking about God around his word, you also need to become more comfortable in sharing your story in connection to salvation. What has God done for you personally? That's really, really important in having an effective testimony. Today's challenge is going to be very practical, but I hope that you will be able to find an effective way to share your testimony. Number one, act wisely toward outsiders. That comes from the text. Here's a phrase that you'll probably recognize, and you'll probably have to admit it's true. Actions speak louder than words. Now, actions can mean a lot of things, but I would say body language is really important. How are you being read by this world? What does the world see in you or about you by simply watching you? You can say all the right words, but if you're not doing the right things, your words are no longer valid. You no longer have permission to share to someone willing to listen. But when they see the actions and the words line up, when the actions are backed up, the words are backed up by the actions, if you will, suddenly there's a shift from the, the, the people that would like to oppose you, those that are not of the faith. We have to be wise. Don't ruin your testimony before you have a chance to share it. Now, that's a very simple, practical truth But I want to show you or tell you something that you may not want to hear. Too many children that grow up in a Christian home turn from the faith. Why? 
Now, I'm not intentionally going to step on your toes. I'm not intentionally going to offend you, but I might offend you. You see, it's easier for you to act Christian-y out in the world. At work. And then you come home and you become you. And here's the sad truth. If your children see a different you than who you claim to be in in this world, your testimony is affected. Mom, you say you love God. You tell people at Bible study. You live for Him at work. But at home, that's not Jesus-like. That's not what Jesus would do. That's not what Jesus would say. Dad, you're good at showing people the righteous attitudes of the heart, but then you don't do that with me. It's heartbreaking. It's tragic. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but it does happen too often that our testimony at home is not effective because we don't live what we say we believe. At home. Act wisely toward outsiders. If you want to take the same understanding into the the world that we live, and you want to say you're a believer, you say you're a follower of Christ, but your actions don't back it up, the, the world will not listen. The lost will continue to be lost because you have nothing to offer. That's their perception. The gospel message is true, but if you don't live as if it's true, they won't believe it's true. It it used to be that back in the day, people would say, wow, so-and-so says they follow God, but I see them every other day of the week. They're definitely not following God. They must not believe. They must not be a true believer. You know what? Those days are gone. That's not what people say now. Now, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, but you don't live what you say you believe, and they see that, they no longer say you must not believe what you say you believe. Now they say it must not be true. The gospel message must not be true. Because the perception has shifted. No longer is it you don't believe. Now it is it must not be real. Because if you said it was real and you believed it and lived it, well, that would be the testimony of truth. In a world where there is no absolute truth, absolute truth anymore, we have to wisely, disciplinedly walk the faith, talk the faith, live the faith. Jesus called the people that did otherwise actors. It translates in our New Testament Bibles, in our English translations, as hypocrites. I want to encourage you, be wise. Don't ruin your testimony before you have a chance to share it. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2.
Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. (laughs) That almost sounds bad. Just act like God. Do your best to be like him. Act like him. Be an imitator of God. It almost sounds negative, but it really isn't. You have to intentionally say to yourself, is this what God would do? Is this what God would say? Is this how God would live? Is this what God would watch? Is this what God would listen to? Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. You were more important than life itself to Jesus Christ. You were more important than the sins of this world of which he could have gone towards, but he didn't. You were more important, and he put you above himself and died on a cross. And he says, you live likewise. Be an imitator of my love. As I gave myself up as a fragrant offering, so must you. That's what we learned last week, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Be a living sacrifice. Your life is not more important than the lost people of this world. You want a a, a chapter and verse? You want an illustration? How about the 99 that were safely at home that Jesus portrayed in a parable that the shepherd went out to find that one lost sheep and there's more rejoicing in heaven for that one lost sheep than the 99 that were home safe. And yet what do we do? We live as if we're more important than the lost. That somehow God wants to bless us and do things for us because we're his children without realizing and forgetting that his heart is out there as we're looking for the blessing here. You want to be blessed? Reach out with the love of Christ. Give of yourself in such a way that people look at you and say, wow, they care so much about those who are around them. They don't even think about themselves. Well, you're going to look at me, and I'm going to look at me, and I'm going to say that's impossible. Yep. It is. That is absolutely impossible if you do not have Christ within you. The amazing fact and the amazing truth is you can be an imitator of God, and you can love as Jesus loves because of the Holy Spirit who is in you, and your children will see it, and your neighbors will see it, and your work workers that you work with will see it, and they will wonder, what is it with this person that is so wonderful about loving, so wonderful about living what they say they believe? There's absolutely no possible way that they're lying. There's no possible way that they're doing something to manipulate me for something that they want to get from me. They literally care. That's a wise person reaching out to the outsider who needs to know that God's love is as great for them as it is for them, themselves. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 4 through verse 6. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. I thought this was going to get a little easier, right? You say you love God? You say you're a follower of Christ? But you don't follow his commandments? God calls that lying. The truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him 
ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. What does that mean? Love like Jesus loved. What did Jesus do that showed love? He died for everyone. Put himself last so that we could be first. That was the hardest part of the message. Everybody sigh. (sighs) Thank you, Lord, that's over. Right? So now let's move on to another portion of the text, the understanding. Make the most of every opportunity. Be wise. Actually live what you say you believe. That's good, right? Don't ruin your testimony before you have a chance to give it. Actually, I mean, when something sideways happens, somebody cuts you off in traffic, and you have the desire to give them the signal, don't. Now, the really holy people are like, I don't know what signal he's referring to. I have no idea. (laughs) Well, I'm going to be honest, I don't ever give the hand signals. It was never a thing for me. But I have the tendency to call people dipsticks. Thanks, Dad. I know you're on right now. You dipstick! Dipstick is the worst thing you could ever be called, just so you know. And and when I called my little granddaughter a dipstick when she was like a year and a half, you should have saw the room. (gasps) And I was like, ooh, I just said that out loud. Well, she did something silly. Poor Eden. Our natural tendencies are wrong. Christ's tendencies are right. Be sensitive to that. All right, make the most of every opportunity. James chapter 4. We are in the book of James for Sunday school. Ladies have a Sunday school class going on, and they're having a great, great meeting. I am excited about that. A bunch of men up here, and we we're talking about James today. James chapter 4, we haven't gotten there yet, but I'm sure we will. Verse 14, it kind of picks up in the middle of the verse there. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are but a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. What kind of examples is is he going to give? Well, verse 16, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it's sin. You say, I'm going to go make money and do this, have my job and provide. Well, you know what? There's something more important than your job. I know that's hard to fathom, guys, but it's true. There's something more important than your hobby. There's something more important than not snowing. (laughs) I'm looking outside and seeing all the beautiful snow. What is more important than that? The souls of those that don't know Jesus Christ. Pray for opportunity. Not only make the opportunities conducive for sharing your faith, make 
every opportunity conducive for sharing your faith. Because if you don't do what is considered the right thing to do in that moment, the Word of God is saying it's sin for you. If the Holy Spirit's prompting you to say some words about Him, do it. You will never have that opportunity again. Never. You might speak to that person again, but the opportunity that's there right in front of you is for yours to take hold of. Psalm 39, verse 4 and 5 says it this way. O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. What is your life? You are a mist. You're here for a moment and then it's gone. And as we get older, all of you that got the grays going, I don't have gray hair anymore. I took care of that. (laughs) I cheated. (laughs) I've got the gray sideburn thing if I let it grow. But you know what? I am realizing the older I get, the shorter life becomes. It's, it's, it's like a hand breath. It's a breath of air. It's a mist that's here for a moment and it's gone. Your opportunities to share your faith are limited. Make the most of it. Amen? Act wisely. Make the most of every opportunity and have soundness of speech. Speech that's seasoned with salt. Now some of you are like, wow, that's a weird thing to say. And it is, kind of. Well, well, you have to understand in that culture, salt's primary purpose was a preservative. It wasn't just for making food taste salty. It was actually to preserve things from spoiling. So what is it really saying here when you understand that? It says, make your speech in such a way that it doesn't spoil it. Don't spoil your testimony with your words. There's an example of what that could look like, and I I don't want it to sound like I'm picking on a particular group, because I'm not. But it's probably the greatest example that I can find in Scripture. It's 1 Peter chapter 3, and I did not give this to, to the upstairs group. Just take me a moment to get there. It's 1 Peter chapter 3. You'll have to listen as I read it. So there again, I'm going to say I'm not picking on one group, but this is very, very important to hear. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. All the groans and moans going on. Why am I reading this? Well, here it is. So even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. That doesn't mean you can't do that, but don't let that be you. Let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Why? Because your husband's lost and he wants to be found. That's what this is referring to. A wife who's serving God, the husband who is not, and he doesn't need her to badger him. 
She needs to love him and show a gentle spirit, a kindness of heart, a respectful tone, so that the testimony of her actions speaks louder than her words. For this is how the holy women of hope in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands. You have a a husband or wife that doesn't know the Lord. Let your words be wise. Make the most of your opportunities and have a soundness of speech. Your speech should be sprinkled with salt. Preserve the goodness of your testimony by what you say. Titus chapter 2. Verse 7 and verse 8. I'm just about done to wrap it up here. Show yourselves in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching how show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opportunity may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Effective testimony. You want to see your children and your grandchildren come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior? Then be a true follower of Christ at home like you are here. Well, it's just not natural to to be like Jesus all the time. No, it's not. If it was natural, Jesus would have said, take up your cross once at the altar and you're saved. And you're good to go. You're one of my children, follow me. But he said, take up your cross daily. Why? Because you have to die every day if you want to successfully follow me. Now, I'm not going to say you've got to pray a prayer of salvation every single day because you're going to be, your, your soul is lost tomorrow, so you better pray salvation again. And then the next day, you've got to pray salvation again. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is if you want to successfully follow God, you need to die every day. You need to put somebody else above yourself every day. And that takes intentionality. And yes, you can do it here at church. You can talk the talk at church. You can go to your workplace and you can talk the talk. They know you're a follower of Christ. You're going to be on your best behavior. You're going to bite your tongue. You're going to do what's right. Then you go home and blah. Stop it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That just keeps coming back. You're better than that. How do I know? Because Jesus Christ is in you. The Holy Spirit of God is within you. You have the capability of being a follower of Christ at home as well as at work and at church. Amen. Effective testimony. Let's wrap it up and you guys have your discussion time. I went a little long today. I don't apologize. Act wisely toward outsiders. That's everyone who's lost. That could be children, grandchildren, workers, neighbors, everybody. Follow those cues. Make the most of every opportunity. You're not too busy to pray for someone. You're not too busy to share your faith and have a soundness of speech. That takes intentionality. That takes wisdom That takes a perception of realizing it's not about me. And I believe you will be successful. I'm not going to read the last text. 
they can put it up there as far as the text goes. It's James 3, verse 1 through 12. The tongue is a ruthless evil, full of deadly poison. You can steer a whole ship with a rudder, so is the tongue the same. You can steer a horse with a bridle and a bit, so is the tongue. And, and people are going to look at that and say, wow, you cannot control the tongue. No, you can't, but God can. You see, the miracle of your faithfulness in living and speaking appropriately as a follower of Christ, being an imitator of God and loving in such a way is proof that there is a God who has changed you from the inside out. You can change the way you speak. You can watch what you say. You can be successfully sharing your testimony with others, not just by the words you say, but by the actions of your heart that they see when you don't know they're looking. Amen. Go ahead and take some time with your group, and then I'll close in prayer. Ask these questions. What did you like most about the message? What does it say about God? How can I apply the message to my week? Go ahead and get the clock started. Thanks.
All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for participating again today. Just a couple encouraging words for you as we close. If you, uh, if you think about it during the week, think about the people in your group and say a prayer. Lift, lift them up in prayer. If it's someone you just met, you know, get their names. If they're willing to give you uh, some way of contacting them, phone, text, whatever, uh, if you want to do that. <clears throat> but at least, you know, as the Lord brings them to mind, pray, pray for them. Pray that uh, they're able to successfully walk through the week just as you are trying to be successful with your faith walk also. Uh, Just wrapping it up, to be an effective witness, you need to be very conscious of your behavior. Be conscious of your speech. And make the most of every opportunity. If you do fail, there's no one here that's perfect. I've failed, we've all failed. If you fail... Apologize. That's hard for some people to do. I know it's hard for me. Apologize. Ask for forgiveness. Make it right. I will say this, though. Don't make it a habit to fail. Don't just willy-nilly like, oh, I failed again. Oops, sorry. (laughs) I I think that's a little uh, outside of the box. Yes, we will fail, but don't make it a habit. Live your life above reproach and ask God for the strength and the wisdom to set a good example of Christ's love as you share your story. I I hope that you had great discussions. Um, I know this was a pretty heavy message as far as the challenge goes, but I do believe it's something that we all need to hear. We need to realize we have the ability to be intentional with what we say and what we do. And we will be effective in sharing our faith with others if we can discipline ourselves with God's help. Amen? Let's pray as we go into our mission field, shall we? Lord God, thank you for this beautiful day, the wonderful week that we have before us. And we do pray, Lord, for opportunities. Opportunities we have with our children, with our grandchildren. Opportunities we have with our neighbors, with our friends, with our co-workers. Opportunities with strangers we've never met before. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive to those opportunities that we can make the most of it in our sharing of the faith. Help us to share our story and how it relates to the salvation message that all need to hear. We pray for an effective testimony week that as we come back next Sunday to share what God has done, what you have done, Lord, there will be great testimonies of celebration. We thank you for this, and we ask your guidance as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.